So I'm at work and it's, we usually do during standup on Fridays, we'll ask like, oh, what's everyone planned for like the weekend? But since this week's short and weird, we did it yesterday on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's because it is July 4th. Yes, it is. So yeah, we have the day off Mm -hmm. and I also have tomorrow off. Well, and I don't. So I have to go back to work and it's like... It's like Monday, Tuesday was also a Thursday, Friday. Today's Saturday slash Sunday. And then Thursday, Friday this week are Thursday, Friday, but also Monday, Tuesday. It's so yeah, fucked up. it's weird. But, but anyway, so I'm Tyler. And I am Brittany, and this is Blood and Wine. Episode 11. On the 4th. 4th of July. <laughs> so y'all probably listen to this um, Mid- middle of July. Yeah, so um, I, wa- I want to hear the rest of your story. Like, y'all have this... Stand up on Fridays, but it mm-hmm. happened on a Tuesday. Yeah. So it, we just went around being like, oh, what are you doing for the fourth? Mm-hmm. And one of my coworkers, she's just like, oh, you know, not really doing anything. Taking the, um, you know, taking the kids to see fireworks. I think that's it. Another one of my coworkers looks at her and is like, you're getting married this weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and she was, like... she was just like, well, yeah, but not over the fourth. She's like, I just, I answered the question that was asked. Pretty much. (laughs) That's so so funny. So then we keep going down the line and uh, we get to a couple people that are traveling and everyone's like, oh, I'm going to New Orleans for the 4th. And everyone's like, oh my God. Oh, we're so jealous. Fun, fun. Next person's like, oh, I'm going to Vegas for the 4th. Oh, that's, oh my gosh. I wish we could go. Oh, Vegas sounds so fun. Next person, I'm going to Cincinnati. (laughs) <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, that'll be nice. That'll be nice. Cincinnati's a city. <laughs> it was sad. Oh, we were like, poor oh. It was basically all we needed at that moment was that trombone. <laughs> <laughs> would have been, would have been fit perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what did you say you were doing over the four? I told them I was making uh, some gallons of sangria. Yes. Yeah. Um, Which I get to partake in. You know, I, be a I part guess I'll of, allow it. Part of your your fourth plans. But yeah, no, make gallons of sangria and go to the pool unless it starts pouring. I know. We're looking outside and it's supposed to start raining at like two today and we, of course... You know what, though? What? If, I, I guess, why can you not go to the pool when it's raining? I mean, like, what? you're in water. It's true. What is the problem of water coming from the sky? I and mean, we have true. lids for our drinks. I said we fucking do it. You know what? It, all the little nasty kids are probably going <gasps> to clear out. It's true. It's true. They're going to be like, we can't get wet. We're in the water. Mom, <laughs> let's go in. And mom's going to be like... <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. I know she's gonna be like, Oh, I have to be inside with these kids on the floor and I mean in her coffee she's drinking, it's definitely ninety percent whiskey. Oh definitely. and I get it. And I'm gonna raise a glass to her. Cheers. To Blink. mystery mom. But yeah, so more on that uh sangria. 
Yes. Um, so I'll actually be posting the recipe for this for sangria onto our Patreon. Yeah. Um, so you should definitely check that out. Um, yeah, this is legit. It is stronger than most. Yeah. And it's not that sweet, weak shit that you get at restaurants. Yeah. I used to work at a restaurant in college and there, <laughs> um, their sangria they made, which was like, one of their big things, like they're fairly not famous for their sangria, but it was one of those things like, oh, when you go to the re- this restaurant, you get the sangria. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a bottle of sweet, sweet red wine, uh, some triple sec, and then some like really concentrated Hawaiian punch. <gasps> like they put the powder and then like a fourth of the water you're supposed to so it's like a syrup and then just mixed that together poured sounds, it over ice that sounds fucking awful it was so sweet oh, um gross. it was i mean it was juice yeah i mean it was just juice. juice with a little bit of wine yeah but anyway yeah you guys can find our recipe on patreon mm-hmm. and um also, lots of other fun things. It's just one example of the fun stuff that's on our Patreon page. Yes. We also have the bi-weekly murder minis, which one thing that's weird about bi-weekly, doesn't it mean twice a week and every other week? I don't know, because I always <laughs> think of it as every other week. It is. It's definitely that's every other week. That's what I think of it. But I see it used sometimes, like, do you want it weekly, bi-weekly, or daily? And I'm like, well... What? I know. I, I've never understood that. And I'm glad I'm not the only one. Because I, I always am like, I, to me, it's every other week. Because to me, that would just be twice weekly is how you'd say that. I wouldn't say... Wouldn't say bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. But... So, bi-weekly mm-hmm. to our every definition. Every other week. Every other week, we've got our murder minis. We've got things like this sangria recipe. Mm-hmm. Which it's going to have like pictures and instructions of how yeah, we it's going to be a legit recipe. So, because, I mean... Yeah. And um, also, don't forget to subscribe to us. Yes. We are on uh, iTunes. I, like, forgot. My (laughs) mind went blank. I'm like, where are we? We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, of course. And we're Mm -hmm. looking into some other avenues. Apparently, there are, like... Well, there's All a these. bunch of apps that I hear about a new one, like, every day. Someone will be like, oh, yeah, we were listening to you on Podfix stash queen bean app. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> okay, thank you. What is that? I know, I just don't, um, I don't get it. But thanks to everyone who's listening, however you're listening to us, send us an email and tell us how, because I'm just really yeah, curious. If you're listening to us in an interesting way, or in a normal way, and you just want to send us an email and chat with us, because we crave contact. We crave please, that please human. Please contact us. But, um, Tell us your stories, your life. But yeah, Say make sure, hi. Make sure to like and subscribe on um, on our different platforms, and you'll get like all of our up-to-date information. We post new episodes on Tuesdays at midnight central time. So yep. that Tuesday morning, when you're getting ready for work or heading in, it's It's right ready. There. But yeah, so what else is going on with you? Anything new this week? My air from... conditioner broke last night. <laughs> That's right. Oh Which my is, god. Of course. Of course it's over Fourth of July weekend when the office is closed. Fourth of July, like middle you, of week. You, yeah, Fourth of July <laughs> day. 
Um, so the office is closed. Thankfully, the maintenance guy was on call last night at 10. Yeah. Um, yeah. And brought, like, a portable unit. Which, and that worked really well for you, didn't it, last for, night? Yeah, it works well. It cools my bedroom down really well. The apartment is a billion degrees still. I think when I checked it, it said 80. Oh, my god! So I'm like, mm, this is wonderful. So, uh, I don't know. Well, hopefully that gets fixed because yeah. the, the last thing you want in the middle of the summer in Texas is an air conditioning unit that doesn't work. Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely going to go on, I guess, tomorrow, regardless of if it's fixed or not, uh, go and be like, yo, can you take some money off my rent? Because I didn't have <laughs> fucking AC in the middle of July in Texas. They won't. I know. Because, especially because of the portable. We'll see. Eh, I'm gonna, I wish you all I, the luck. I'm going to put on my I need to speak to your manager haircut and attitude, bring my expired coupons, and walk right in there. And they are going to make fun of you as soon as you walk out the door. That is fair. That oh, is fair. it's true. It's what it's what happens. Like, literally anywhere you go and you're that person. Which, of course, I've been the upset Customer, oh, same. Like most people have at one point or another. And, um. Remember when you were really upset? We went to the. Like the post office or something, and you're trying to mail a package. You got so upset over, like, you couldn't find a Sharpie or something, or it wouldn't fit. I don't know. And you were yelling <laughs> at me, and I was like, I don't know what you want here. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I don't think you are. But that's okay. So, what about you? What's new with you this week? Um, honestly, not too much. I've started talking about my podcast at the office. Like, a lot of people mm-hmm. are starting to see that it exists and, like, kind of realize that it's something I'm doing on basically every moment I'm not at the office. And mm-hmm. so it was pretty cool just getting to chat, chat with them and tell them about it. And, hey, maybe they're listening right now. So. Hey. But, I mean, I will say one of one of the most exciting things. Uh, I don't know if you all know this, but we check our, like, stats and stuff and kind of creep on who our listeners are um, all the time. Oh, multiple yeah. times a day. Totally. And yesterday, like, it sounds like who listened, but it'll be like, you got all these listens from this town in Germany. And I'm like, oh, what? We're international. Which is so cool to me that there are people in Germany, Canada, England. Uh, quite a few people from like Reservoir, Australia, outside yes. of Melbourne. Yep. So, hey, if you're still listening, like shout, shout out. out to you. Shout out to our international listeners. It's so cool. And seeing all of these different cities and countries is really encouraging. And I love it. So, um, absolutely. Well, now let's go ahead and roll on into the topic. Yes. So, last week, um, Tyler won the case. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I chose the wine. Yep. So, he picked the wine and I picked the topic. We've gotten to episode 11. Mm-hmm. All of our topics have just been. So incredibly heavy. They really have and been. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. It's It's been very heavy to research this, you know, every week. And mm-hmm. obviously, as you know, the, the cases we present, that's not the only thing we read. We have to look at all these different things. Mm-hmm. We're 
watching TV documentaries and yeah. reading books. And Our research is definitely, I mean, I'd say usually three, four hours of just fucked up murder shit. Yeah. So every I, week, I have an idea that I want to start us start doing every once in a while. We can pull the survivor card. Mm-hmm. So, the topic for this week, which is one that can be reused whenever we feel necessary, yep. is stories about survivors. I like Because that. we, you know, have all of these horrible, heinous crimes, and some people live through these things. And I want to share their stories as well. And there's this show on Lifetime called mm-hmm. I Survived. And, Tyler, this is something you watched when you were younger. I mm-hmm. never knew it was a thing until um, My Favorite Murder talked about oh, okay. it. So I've just recently started watching that show, and it it definitely, it, they're, they're traumatic. Mm-hmm. But at the end, there's at least this little grain of, but that person survived, whatever yeah, the thing I, was. I used to love, Lifetime used to be one of the shows, or the channels i watched all the time because it had i survive it had what would you do and it had um (laughs) unsolved mysteries oh my god yes unsolved mysteries god i loved that show absolutely and then uh discovery channel i think it was discovery channel had another or another show similar to i survive that was like i shouldn't be alive um yeah i've heard of that one and i i I watched that one, too. I think that one went a lot more into, like, you know, Stranded in the Wilderness. Like, more Discovery Channel-esque. Right, Whereas right. I Survived, um, it still does have a lot of, like, you know, one of, the, one of the episodes I watched was a couple in California in one of the wildfires huddling oh. in their pool because as their house and the mountain they live on is just burning around them oh my god yeah it, <laughs> it was an intense episode that is really intense um but now oh, i love that show yep it's a good one i'm definitely gonna continue to watch it but so that's what our theme is going to be for this episode so just know that it's definitely still heavy heavy topics but at the end they survived yes so with that I am. I've been looking at our sangria now for the past like fifteen minutes, staring at it <laughs> yes. because I want it. So I'm gonna start talking about our wine. Yes. So first, I'm gonna dive into a little bit of the history. You know, what? Actually, actually, first, can let's we, like, taste cheers? it. You know what? Yes, this homemade sangria. Oh, it smells, smells like so sangria. Fruity and All right, okay. cheers. Cheers. Hmm. So good. Okay. Tell me about sangria. Oh my god, that's amazing. This shit's dangerous. It is. I think us making it last night was a really good idea. So the flavors could really meld. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So a little bit on the history of sangria first. Um, There's really not a lot known about the origins of sangria. Oh. And according to the Sage Encyclopedia of Alcohol, sangria's origins cannot be pinpointed exactly, but early versions were popular in Spain, Greece, and England. Interesting. But I can see it because I would imagine the versions popular in England or 
even in like the north, mm-hmm. would be mulled wine. Because if you take out the spices and make it cold instead of hot, sangria is pretty similar to mulled wine. It is. Also, Pim's cup, which is the not... fuck is a Pim's cup? Oh my gosh. So it has Pim's, which is... It's kind of like a type of gin, I think. Mm-hmm. That may or may not be true. But it's something that's sweeter and you mix it with like cucumber and mint and fruit and stuff. So it's a little bit more on the lines of a white sangria. There's not Mm -hmm. wine in it though. It's, it's Pim's. And, um, I think there's soda water in it to add some bubbly. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very surprised that you went to England and never had Pim's cup. Mm -mm. It's delicious. And they also, Pim's has a blackberry Pim's. And so I've made Pim's Cup with that. But it's it's along the same lines as sangria. Okay. Alcohol with fruit with in fruit it. Fruit and shit. Yeah. So, sangaree, which is a, predecess- a predecessor drink to sangria uh, that could be served either hot or cold, likely originated in the Caribbean and from there was introduced to America where it was common beginning in the American colonial era, but had largely disappeared in the U.S. by the early 20th century. Um, As an ice drink, sangria was reintroduced in the U.S. by the late 40s through Hispanic Americans and Spanish restaurants. And it came into greater popularity with the 1964 World's Fair in New York. And from there, it's just kind of grown and that's why it's it's very big in the u.s it is i i first had sangria here obviously yeah same but i first had real sangria in spain uh when i lived in norway i took a trip to barcelona um it was wonderful it was we were staying in a hostel that was like 11 dollars a night um the round trip flight was on Ryanair and it was $35. The round so trip. cheap. It's amazing. I loved it. Um, and I we. I want to go to Spain so bad. It's. God. That. I think Barcelona was my favorite place I went to. Really? It's between Barcelona and Amsterdam. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they were. God, they were gorgeous. But um, in October, and it was a little too cold to get in the water. Yeah. Like, it was, we missed it by a couple months. Because um, I think we went, like, October 20th or, like, towards the end of October. Um, but we laid out on the beach, and there are these guys that will walk around with trays of mojitos and sangria. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, like, one euro each. God. So, yeah. So, does ours taste any what close to that? Ours tastes better. Oh, really? Then what you had in Spain? Well, I guess it was only one euro. Yeah, it was one euro, and it was on, like, a tray full of plastic Dixie cups, basically. <laughs> but... So, so safe. You know, you know but um, then that... It was the first night of the second night. Um, we were there. We went to this little restaurant mm-hmm. um, and had paella and sangria. Oh, fuck yes. And we yes. sat outside. It was dark. It might have been like 10 mm-hmm. when we were eating dinner, which was fairly normal. We had seen yeah. 
um, we had been, you know, walking around the city. We'd seen like fire jugglers and it, not that it was like a parade going on or anything. There's just, just Barcelona, you know, Barcelona. Uh, but that sangria was like fucking amazing. We're not, this one's really good. It's not there yet. It's not there yet. But this one's really good. So just kind of what I did is I cut up couple oranges mm-hmm. I only had mandarin oranges uh, cut up a couple apples some just red blend bottled wa- bottles of wine yep. little bit of orange juice like very little orange mm-hmm. juice and then we didn't have or- any orange brandy and no. I could not find any at the liquor store yeah I went I went last night to the liquor store about 40 minutes before it closes before the 4th of July and it was Fucking insane. I wanted to kill myself. It There was like 40 people in there. And it's a <laughs> tiny building. It's one and of I those was, tiny, tiny uh, liquor stores. God, like gas was, station size. I was looking around and I was like, okay, I'm not going to ask where the brandy is. I found the liqueur. I found where the liqueur starts turning into like De Serono. So this is where the orange brandy would be, I think. It's not here. So I just grabbed some orange curacao, which is fairly similar. You, I think for brandy you or for um, sangria you want to do orange curacao instead of triple sec because orange curacao is sixty proof and triple sec's like what twenty proof? Yeah, 10, it's really low. If that like it's nothing. So yeah, um, so anyway, that or juice the fresh fruit. And the nice thing about sangria is. You can, it's kind of a, you know, what do you have? Throw it in there. Like, I was seeing recipes that had pineapple, peach, berries. Um, I want to make a good white wine sangria. I do too. Some peaches, pineapple. God, um, Sauvignon Blanc. So refreshing. I know. Mm. But anyway, so yeah, this sangria is bomb as fuck though. It's so good. Uh, But it is dangerous because it's. Um, definitely a little stronger than wine normally oh, yeah. is, oh, and yeah. it definitely doesn't taste like it is. Mm-mm. Has such a good flavor. Mm-hmm. God, all right. Well, you actually go first this week for your case. Yes, I do. So, tell me about um your survivor. Tell me, tell me a story that ends well. Well, it ends well, but it's definitely a journey to get there. I believe it. So, one thing about um, I Survived is I tried doing research and looking for more information on this. Can't find it. On this case. It's not there. No. Like, I was looking. I couldn't even find her last name. Same. I even went into, like, looking at the episode credits, looking at the IMDb page. Like, I could not find their last name, which is fair. I mean, I feel like if they wanted it out there... It'd be out there. It would be out there. Right. So I'm like, okay. Um, But mine is the story of Sydney. Uh, Sydney was 15 years old in Gary, Indiana when this happened. I believe it was in 2007. Okay. Um, So she's 15, pretty average teenager. She's in a um, school play. Uh Uh-huh. And her parents went to see her. It went really well. She enjoyed it. And then afterwards, she was really tired, so she decided to head home while her parents kind of took it as an opportunity, like, oh, let's date night. Um, oh, So yeah. they, they went out. She went home. 
Um, so she's pretty tired, um, you know, starts getting ready for bed pretty early and falls asleep around like a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, which I remember being 15 and same. <laughs> it was either I fall asleep early at like nine or I fall asleep late at like 4 a.m. There is no middle ground. Yeah, no, no middle ground. Um, so suddenly in the middle of the night, she jolts awake, but she's not sure why. Like, she doesn't really hear anything. Something just feels off. Um, it just doesn't feel right. So she's laying in bed. She's like listening, like, what, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. She doesn't really hear anything, but she's like, um, something's, something's not right. So she gets out of bed and she crawls under her bed. So she's, like, laying under the bed, and she tries calling her mom, and it just goes to voicemail. So she's like, okay, okay, something is not right. And that is when she starts hearing footsteps coming up the stairs. And she's under the bed right now. Yeah, she's under her bed. God, thank God. She hears footsteps coming up the stairs, and she's like, what the fuck? Uh, You know, I know what my parents' footsteps sound like. And that's not them. That is not them. Oh, my God. Um, So... Her bedroom door opens, lights turn on, and all she can see are these shoes, like, of this person walking around, these red and white tennis shoes. And she's like, I don't know who the fuck that is. Who the fuck is in my room? Oh, my God. So this person in these red and white shoes starts, like, going through her shit. Mm -hmm. Like, opening her drawers, looking for money, looking for anything. Yeah. Um, And then... She sees him start to kneel down to check under her bed. Oh, my God. And she is just fucking terrified because she can't go anywhere. No. She's under the bed. So he sees her, pulls her out by her hair. Oh, God. And takes her into the hallway and is, like, screaming at her, like, where's the money? Where, you know, where's fucking, where's the money? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, lady... Give us the money. And she's like, she's thinking to herself, like, okay, call me lady. Maybe if he realizes I'm a child, he'll leave me alone. Yeah. So she's like, I I don't have the money. I'm only 15. I don't know where my parents keep their money. Um, Which when I was first watching, I was like, oh, how do you not know that? But then I was thinking, I was like, you know, if mama was not home, like had taken her purse, I don't, I don't know. No, it's like. The bank? Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if there is a stash place. No. There might be, but no we fucking clue. We don't know clue. about it. Yeah. Um, we don't know about it because we probably would have gone into it as stupid little kids. Yeah, we were bad children. But anyway. So the guy puts a paper bag over her head and he keeps asking where this money is. Jesus. And she is. So she's fucking terrified. She's in the hallway outside her bedroom door. Yeah. Um, upstairs. And then she hears this guy call out someone else. He's like, hey, go get something I tie her up with. So now she knows there's oh, more than, there's one, more than person. one person in the house. So parents. she, I don't know. And I couldn't really tell what time it was. So I, maybe I'm, they're still on their date night. Like maybe it's 11. I, yeah. I'm thinking okay. it's like 1030 or 11 or something. Because if she went to bed at nine, it could be, it could be 11, yeah. 1130 and, it, and they're not home and it's late and dark. And mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Yeah, because that, also, when I was first watching it, and she said, like, mom's phone didn't ring, I was like, oh my god, are they dead? 
Well, yeah, but that's what, where my head was going, too. They're not. They're still alive. They are just not home. Jesus. Sorry, I am drinking the sangria mm-hmm. like water. Because mm-hmm. it is so good. Oh, same. So, the other guy comes back up the stairs. Um, and he had been in Sydney's dad's office. <clears throat> oh, okay. And so, she hears the sound of him, like, unrolling tape. And so, tapes up her hands takes the bag off her head and starts winding the tape no, around her head no. to cover her oh eyes. Oh my god. So she's still... Is it like duct tape or packing tape? We don't know. I'm thinking packing tape. Okay. Um, But I'm not sure. Um, So again, they're asking her where the money is. And Fuck. she's like, I don't I don't know. I don't have any money. I'm 15. Like, I don't have an allowance or anything. I don't know where my parents keep the money. Yep. So then the first guy, the one that had pulled her out from under the bed, um, cuts the tape off of her hands mm-hmm. and starts undressing her. Oh so, my God. You know, so she's wearing um, like sweatpants, a t-shirt, and a sports bra because she was in bed. Yeah. Um, and she starts asking, she's like, you know, please don't do this. Why are you doing this? And he says, you didn't give me what I wanted, so I'm going to get what I want. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. So he oh takes her clothes God. off and sexually assaults her. This poor girl. Yeah. And this this part of, this was real hard to watch. Because she, at this time, she's thinking things like, you know, she's convinced she's going to die. Right. Um, Because, oh, I didn't mention this earlier. When they had the bag over her head, they were they had a gun to her head, too. That was oh, important shit. to mention. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, they have a gun. And, and I guess she knows they that. told her that there was a gun to her yeah. head. And... and she could feel it, like, so... She's oh thinking, God. she's like, I'm 15, I'm about to die. Yeah. And she's thinking, like, yeah, I've never even had a real boyfriend. I'm about to die. Um, so, oh um, she also started talking about, like, his smell. Like, how that was something that really stuck out to her. Yeah. Is that he just smelled dirty. Yeah. And I was, ugh. Yeah. I need another drink. Well, and it's one of those things, there's there's a word for it, and I don't know what it is, but it's when certain scents, you have, like, memories attached to them. And so, for the rest of her life, anytime she smells something like that, mm-hmm. that's so unfortunate, it will remind her yeah. of this incident. And thankfully, my olfactory memories are things like grandmommy's house or like some yeah. of her baking like I just remember those scents and then I have all mm-hmm. these memories attached to them but it's just the point I'm trying to make is just with like memory and sense and how connected those are how, oh they really are and how unfortunate that is that during this that was one of the things which I guess I get it it was one of the things she was fixating on because doesn't want to focus on yeah you know. in, in a moment like that you try to find anything else to yeah. Think yeah, about. You do. Yeah. Um 
So after he finishes, she is thinking, she's like planning. She's like, okay, I need to figure out a way to get him away from me for just a couple minutes. Yep. So she tells him, she's like, okay, I know where you, I know where some money is. I know where you can get a couple dollars. It's in my room. And she tells him where. Uh-huh. And so he goes into her room. And so she stands up and she, like, starts to loosen the tape above her eyes, or that's on her eyes, as she walks to the stairs. At the bottom of the stairs is the other guy pointing the gun at her. Oh, my God. So they stare each other down for a couple seconds, and then he shoots at her. (gasps) And he shoots twice, and she just turns around and fucking bolts. So she runs into her parents' rooms. Um, and she doesn't realize this, but she was shot through the kneecap. And she ran. And she ran. Oh, it, she does so much more. Oh my God. So she's in her parents' room and she goes over to their balcony because they're on the second floor. Right. And she looks over the edge of the balcony and it's like, fuck it. She jumps. She jumps. Oh. With a bullet hole through her kneecap she jumps she lands but like lands on her feet and just bolts holy I shit i have no fucking idea how a fucking willpower the, uh, the fight for survival yeah that type of adrenaline i, I mean thank god i've never felt it mm-hmm. but i think it can prevent you from feeling pain yeah. In, in the rest of your body. And so she probably didn't even know that her knee was shot. I, I think the way that she describes everything else, I think she had no idea about it at all. Oh, my God. Um. So she's running down the street. And there's, like, cars driving by. And she's, like, screaming for help. Yeah. And they're just driving by. Yeah. And remember, she still doesn't have any clothes on. He took all her clothes off. So she's... Naked, naked fifteen-year-old with tape on her face. With yeah, and she oh. she'd like uncovered her eyes, right? But, but it's still, still everywhere yeah. else. Yeah, so she's running as fast as she can, and about five houses down from her house, um, actually in the yard of one of her childhood best friends' grandmas, um, the guy tackles her. <gasps> like he had been chasing her, but she's in the yard of someone she knows. Yeah. Okay. But it's also Does late at night. Oh, god damn it. Um, okay. So she starts fighting, like scratching, biting, kicking, trying to get him off of her. Yeah. And the second guy she could see is also running up. He's the one with a gun. Yeah. So they start yelling, like, you know, let's, let's get her in the alley. Let's get her in the fucking alley. Um, and she knows that if they take her into the alley, they're going to kill her. Yep. So she starts screaming for friend's grandma by name, uh, screaming for her, like, fucking help me. Um, And then friend's grandma opens her window and it's like, Sydney, is that you? What are you doing? What's going on? The other two guys run away or the, the two guys run away. Yeah. And Sydney gets up and runs to friend's grandma's door. Yeah. So it's like a beating on it. Um, like, you know, begging for her to let her in. Grandma opens the door and is like, Sydney, wh- what is going on? Where are your clothes? 
And Sydney just like breaks down crying and begging for like, you know, please close the door. They're going to come back. Oh my God. Um, So, and that is how Sydney's story of survival ended. You know? Um, And unfortunately. They were never caught? They were never caught. God damn it. Yeah. So. Oh my God. But yeah, she was talking about it afterwards as she was talking to police officers and they were like, you know, they heard her story and everything. And their first question, she was like, you know, some people would be offended, but I get it. It was the same question I had is how did you jump out of the balcony with a bullet hole through your knee? Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. I have no idea. And she said if it was just a few, like an inch away, it would have shattered her kneecap. Yeah. And she would have not been able to move or anything. Yeah. But I guess because the placement, like, it just went through. Yeah. It, like... just hit the side or something. Like, the like, side and through or yeah. the side and in it, and not... Yeah. Okay. That makes sense that it couldn't have shattered her kneecap because even all the adrenaline in the world couldn't make you move that. Yeah. Um, but, oh, my God. This poor girl. Did How old did she look in the episode? Um, the episode was from... You said this was 04? It was 07. 07. I think she was 17 or 18 in the episode. Oh my god. So it was still fairly, I guess, recent for her. Yeah. Jesus. I just can't begin to imagine how it felt when she went back home. Mm Mm-hmm. How she could sleep in that room. How she could be... Probably couldn't be alone. I, I mean, these are all assumptions, but I just... Well, and one of the things she'd mentioned throughout um, the ordeal is that she kept thinking, I'm going, you know, my mom's going to come home. Yeah. And find me naked, tied up, and shot to death. And dead. Like, and that's how mom's going to find me. Oh, God. And that was, that was like one of the things that kept, like, drove her. Yeah. Was, she was like, I'm not going to let my mom find me that way no no and i fuck yeah well you know, she's sydney's a rock star yeah i well because this i picked a random episode of i survived and she was one of the people in it mm-hmm. i really connected with her story and i really was like i like this one but I was like, okay, I'll watch a couple more episodes and decide. Yeah. And I got like three minutes into another one. And I was like, no, it no. wasn't the same. It, I was like, I need to do it. I need to do set days. Yeah. Well, so there's one episode of I Survived that I, um, okay, I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out the best way to like begin the story. So I've brought it up on past episodes how I saw a live taping of my favorite murder mm-hmm. yeah. in Dallas last year, November. Well, Jennifer Morley, which is she's she was on I Survived, I believe season one. Is that what we determined? Mm-hmm. Season one, episode eleven, I think. Episode eleven or episode thirteen, something like that. Yeah. So Jennifer was a story that Karen covered. And one of the very, like, it's like episode 34 of My Favorite Murder. Yeah. And at this time when I saw them live, because I'm one of those people, when I start listening to a podcast, I like to start at the beginning. Even if 
it's not one you have to listen to in order. Mm-hmm. I just like to hear them all. I don't want to miss out. Yeah. And so I had gotten to this point. I think I had listened to it. Like I was maybe on in the 50s in the episodes and this was 30. So it was fairly recent in my episode memory. And um, it's, you know, Jennifer Morley's story. She's attacked at her apartment complex and it ended up being the security guard. And it's a, it's a fascinating episode of My Favorite Murder, a fascinating episode of I Survive. So I highly recommend it. But when I went to this live taping, you know, Karen and Georgia shared their stories and then they had a special guest and it was Jennifer Morley. She is um, living in Dallas. And so it was her. And so she came up on stage and talked to them and like her family was there. And she just, it was like, I cried because it was so emotional. Like she was thanking them so much of, you know, bringing her story out and sharing it with more people, Mm -hmm. sharing the survival and the, the will to fight. But it was just like, I mean, I know I didn't meet her, but yeah. it almost felt like I got a little bit closer to meeting someone that went through an experience that's something that we talk about all the time. And it just, it made it feel so real to yeah. be in the same room as this woman who had gone through so much mm-hmm. because her throat had been slit um, and she's like holding a roll of toilet paper up to her throat to save her own life. So she doesn't bleed to death. Mm. Um, And like, oh, it's just, it's crazy. Watch that episode. The 911 calls on there, which is hard to listen to, but it's a part of it. And it's, Mm. whoa. So that, like, that is actually my introduction to the I Survive series. Oh, that was the first time you had ever heard heard of it. it. Really? And so, like I said, it's very recent. I didn't know the show existed. And now I've, I've, like I said, I've watched it more and, Mm. but... See, Lifetime has always been one of the networks that I really just enjoyed. Because I always watched the movies. See, the movies were something I didn't. Well, for me, it would be the ones that were murder, kidnap, hostage. Yeah. Which is Santa's kidnap. But whatever. Murder, kidnap, hostage. Yeah. Starring Valerie Bertinelli. Basically. Well, I, um, because I think they used to have um, a show that was... Like, worst case scenario. Anyway, they have all these, like, survival shows. And I love them. Um, I think it's it was really, like, the network that that had those kind of shows. Because I think yeah. Discovery Channel, National Geographic had, like, some. Well, it's but like, that's, like, Lifetime's bread and butter. Well, it's like Lifetime is very much about the emotions and emotional stories and Things like survival stories that other channels are not going to... They're not going to do mm-hmm. shows on that. Maybe now, but back when we were younger, this yeah. was not as big of a topic yeah. as it is now. I'm pouring more sangria. Give me your glass. Yes, that's young. And the nice thing is, we put two bottles of wine into this pitcher... We did. And so, it fit. It's it's the same amount we're drinking. Also, holy shit, we're almost done. Well, that's why we have another picture for later when we go to the pool. But yeah, I love Lifetime. And I, I think, honestly, one of my favorite shows growing up, and probably one of the reasons why I'm interested in true crime and shit today, 
uh-huh. is fucking Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, absolutely. And that... Absolutely. The guy, the host, Robert... Fuck, what was... I don't remember his last name. That dude made that shit fucking terrifying. Of course. And it didn't matter what it was that he was talking about. It was a horrifying show, horrifying stories. And, like, the thing that scared me the most about Unsolved Mysteries were the, uh, like, paranormal and alien type things. Like, I've brought yeah. up so many times. Oh, my God. I have the best story. It's about the chupacabra? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I thought. Because same. So, in that episode, I'm watching about the the chupacabra in um, Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it, for those who don't know, it's this alien-like creature who has the red beady eyes and this big, long tooth thing mm-hmm. that he would use to suck the blood out of livestock. So, mm-hmm. basically, throughout Puerto Rico, whatever the time period was, I have no idea. Because there are many stories, but this is the one that was on Unsolved Mysteries. And... So all these people would wake up and find, like, their livestock, their dogs, like, animals that have been completely drained of their blood. And there's, like, this one small wound. And supposedly it during the nighttime, there were witnesses who saw the chupacabra and saw the red eyes. And what terrified me the most, not only was it this creature that reminded me of aliens, mm-hmm. which we've already covered, scared the shit out of me. Um, our dad was in Puerto Rico at this time on a business trip. Mm -hmm. To this day, I have no fucking clue why he was in Puerto Rico, but he was. And I was so, so scared that the Chupacabra was going to get our dad. And (laughs) And like, it haunted me. And he got, he got home. Obviously he was fine, but still it was one of those things that it scared me so much that anytime I thought about it. I would just be, I would be just as scared as I was when I thought something could happen. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I remember, um, I guess probably hearing stories about, are you telling me about that? Cause I think I was probably too young to actually remember, remember. Yeah. Um, I do remember though, I have a shirt that daddy got, I think got me, got someone, uh, from Puerto Rico that had like the gold and pink and blue dolphins on it. The oh, black yeah. shirt. Oh, yeah. you loved that shirt. Did. Oh, God. But no, I Unsolved Mysteries to me was always like, you know that McDonald's down the street that you want to go to so bad? That ball pit that you've played in? A child was abducted and is probably dead. And it was probably something you saw. Call this number. It will you next. And I'm like, oh my god. Oh, granted, I'm not, I mean, it sounded like I was three watching this. I was probably like nine. Mm-hmm. So, like, still very much a child, but right. also, like, enough of a child, enough of a grown child, I guess, that I could still, like, think for myself. And I wasn't, like, I don't know, vomiting on the floor. I don't know what little kids do. I mean, all the things, okay. all, all the above. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, so, Lifetime. Lifetime, if you want to sponsor us, that would yes. be absolutely fucking amazing. That would. Also. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Lifetime, please at us. Lifetime. I'm, you know what? We're going to at Lifetime. I know. I'm like, I'm tagging them. <laughs> <laughs> because this episode is dedicated to Lifetime for sharing the stories and. Well, and it's also. That's one thing that I do want to mention about Lifetime is I think it's so important to have a television network 
that is so into like empowering women. Absolutely. Like it's all these shows about how these women fought back or how they, you know, they fought adversity and they just grow and strength. But also it's like they had tips and stuff. Like if you're in this situation, right? here's how you fight someone who snuck into the backseat of your car. Yep. Here are ways that you can survive that. That's so fucking important. It is. It Mm. is. And yeah, Lifetime's always been up there as one of my favorite stations, Mm -hmm. which is what blows my mind that I didn't know about I Survived. (laughs) Yeah. Where was I? I know, but I remember watching Unsolved Mysteries. Growing up, <laughs> it was Channel 25, and Nickelodeon was Channel 26. Yep. That's true. Anyway, so let's get into your story. Yes. So mine is also from I Survived. Yes. It was uh, season six, episode six. Oh, okay. So a newer one. Mine was the very last episode of season two. Okay. Okay. Um, it, it came out. December 22nd, 2009. Yep. Okay. Because I, I remember looking for it. Because the seasons on Wikipedia and the seasons on the Lifetime app on the Fire TV do not necessarily line up. Well, and there's not everything available on the Fire app either. No. Which made me really sad. But I know. So, yes. So, mine was about a woman named Christine... It happened in March 2007 in Simi Valley, California. So, Christine was a single mom of a young boy. She had been divorced for two months and then started dating this guy named Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt and her, like, things were going well, like, good relationship. And then all of a sudden, he starts to be emotionally abusive. Which is a lot of the times how this type of scenario begins. Mm -hmm. This was just a few months into their relationship. He very much tried to control her life, um, dominate everything about it. He would distance her from her friends, her family, anyone that she cared about and anyone that cared about her. He would try to distance her from them. He didn't want her to have anything to do with these people. And... Christine Mm. was the type of personality who wanted to rescue people and save them Mm. and hoping that she can bring some some good and some better into their lives and help them. So she's such a kind soul, kind heart. She's there for him. And this guy is just, just abusing her emotionally. Yeah. Her family was not a fan of Matt. Obvious for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. So her sister hated him. She did not understand. I hate him. Oh, I hate him too. She did not understand why Christine, who was this beautiful, successful, amazing woman, was with this guy who was garbage. Uh, I um, asked that of many friends. Yeah, it's it is an all too common thing. The yeah. whole the rescuer with the person who yeah needs to be rescued, but that you can't rescue. Yeah. So, Absolutely. her sister just didn't get why she was staying in this awful relationship. Her family, like I said, never liked him. They were not supportive of this relationship. And as things got more and more serious, 
her family just kept seeing signs as to why Christine should not be with Matt. Yeah. Why she shouldn't be with this guy. So, the very first violent episode that happened was actually when Christine had one of her friends, and, like, the friend's kid was over, probably a play date for their children. Uh-huh. Um, so, Christine's son was there. Christine had recently had a surgery, and so she's still healing, and she didn't really feel like cooking dinner for everyone, so she decided to order a pizza. Yeah. Well, Matt was pissed that she ordered a pizza, first off, instead of cooking. Really? And then he was pissed at what kind of pizza she got, the toppings she got. She did it all wrong. She ordered the wrong pizza. So he's just furious. The pizza gets there. He throws the pizza to the ground. He's yelling at her. He slams the table, their coffee table, I'm assuming in the living room, Mm because it was glass, shatters it. So there's glass everywhere. Then he picks up Christine and throws her to the ground. She dislocates her knee. Fuck. She was saying that the pain was excruciating, and she popped her own, like, the bottom (gasps) half of her leg. She popped it back into socket. And I'm guessing the friend was in another room. She did not call the police, and she told her friend that she fell going up the stairs. What the fuck? She did not want to tell the truth. Christine. Well, so this was one thing No, I know. I know. I know. But she didn't want to tell the truth because she was embarrassed. There was so much shame. And she went into details in the episode about how the, the shame involved in having something like this happen to you prevents you from wanting to tell the ones you love the most. Oh, absolutely. Because you're so embarrassed because you, you, and she didn't say this, but in my thoughts are you put all this self blame on yourself that like, Oh, well that happened to me because I'm the one in this relationship. And you know, he's really not that bad of a guy. Well, and, and it's, it's one of those things that society puts so much of God, you need to learn how to pick a better guy. Into yeah. it. And it puts so much... And it puts so much shame. It's not... Because it's not something that should be shameful. Right. Like, it's if not. anything, it should be something that's fucking impressive. That you recognize these signs, saw the danger in it, and got out. But that's not something that... Because of the patriarchy... Oh, no. That our society... Let's happen. No, it's not. It's absolutely not. And it's so fucked up. And I feel like if things weren't the way that they are, so many people could be saved from these situations. A lot less women would be sexually assaulted, murdered, abused every year if people would get their heads out of their fucking ass and stop victim blaming. I know. <laughs> I, I do find it very interesting that we both picked stories of strong women who were assaulted mm-hmm. as our I survived. Yeah. So, adding into the story, because yes. obviously that's not the end. Um, there were many occasions that Matt told Christine if she broke up with him, he would kill her, kill her son, kill her dog, and burn her house down. And so this is what he continuously drilled into her head. Did you know, sorry, but um, 
Did you know that spousal rape, like mm-hmm. raping your spouse, wasn't illegal until I believe ninety three? I actually ninety three or ninety nine. I actually thought it was more recent than then. Yeah. Than that, it wasn't considered. Because they're your... Because they're oh, your it's, Oh, that's so fucked up. Oh, I yeah. can't even go into oh, that yeah. because that makes me furious. It Just because you're married doesn't mean that, that that can't happen. Well, because I'm sure, Christine, at this time... I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch the episode and you're not done telling the story. But I'm sure she's also thinking, like, well, what are the police going to do? He He's not really done anything. I mean, he has. But he's just... He said he's going to do these things. Right. And that actually goes into the next thing. You know, Matt would tell her if she went to the police that he would just have to take a few domestic abuse classes and he'd be out in a couple of days and he would come home and do what he said he would do. Kill her, kill her son, kill the dog and burn the house down. And he's probably not wrong and that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Even if she got a recording of it, to be like, well, he's a very angry person. He's taking anger management classes. Yeah. Boom, the end. Well, so her family, of course, was so disturbed later learning that she was, no, like, learning about the way she was treated and also feeling bad that she didn't feel forthcoming and that she couldn't talk to them and... You know, Christine was completely brainwashed by Matt. Yeah, families are... Um, During some of the time that they were together, her son lived at the house with them. Christine noticed... How old is her son? She didn't say, but he's young. Okay. Christine noticed the violence escalating, and um, she asked her ex-husband to take her son. So, again, she's just such a kind-hearted woman. She knew... That things were not great, and she knew she needed to protect her son and get her out of the house. I wonder what she said to her ex-husband. I don't even know. But her ex-husband took the son, and so the son started living with dad. Well, I'm sure she was thinking, if he's going to kill me, I want to make sure that he... And or the thinking, kid's sake. Yeah, and thinking an- that enough to actually make the moves of sending son away like it's not like a, oh that would suck well and i know that's not an easy thing to do by any means no that's your child yeah and she very clearly loves him dearly yes that's because she sorry. said i'm gonna say dearly that sounds weird yeah and she very clearly loves him so so much of course and that's why she she sent him away to protect him mm-hmm so, in desperation, Christine reached out to Matt's family for help. His family had seen some of this violent behavior. He had, you know, it, it had happened in front of them as well. So, they took him and he ended up being diagnosed as bipolar and they put him on medication. So, okay. he, he was in counseling. Things were getting much better. Okay. And, you know, he came back to Christine, he got on his hands and knees, said he was sorry, it never happened again, and he just wanted to be in her life. And um, it's one of those things where she knew he was lying, but she knew he was trying. And... um, I forget that this is a story for my survive, so it's not going to end with, like... And he realized the right meds and the power of therapy and... That's not how it ends. Because that is, thankfully, how it ends for a lot of people. I know. 
and I and I wish <laughs> I wish this um, I wish that was the end, but it's yeah. not. So Christine talked about the previous times of the abuse. You know, she would see a switch go off in his head, and his demeanor would completely change. And he had hazel eyes, but when he was violent, they were completely black. His pupils were dilated as far as they could. Shit. And the look on his face would scare you to death. So I have that in mind with how she knew he was full of shit and lying when he's begging for forgiveness, but she lets him come home. Um, The medication was definitely helping, and he he had less anger, and things were better as long as he didn't drink. Mm -hmm. So there's one day, Christine, Matt, and their friend Chris, they were outside doing yard work, and it's a beautiful day, and they're having just just a really fun time. Like, fun day together. Mm -hmm. And... Matt was there was like this lizard outside just a wild lizard and Matt's trying to get the dog to attack the lizard and eat the lizard and Christine's like no like no leave the lizard alone and so she's telling the dog no and Matt gets pissed that the dog can't attack the lizard and so he grabs a shovel and chops the lizard's head off fuck and she said that that ruined her day because she yeah. knew like something dark was going on in his head. Like there was still some darkness there. Absolutely. Um, so that evening, Christine was preparing dinner. Matt and Chris left for just a little while. And, and when they left, like all was well, still happy. Everyone's in this great mood. But when they got back, Chris was really quiet and Matt's demeanor had completely changed. Yeah. As it turns out, Matt had drunk an entire bottle of brandy before returning home. Mm, fuck. So he had this very threatening look on his face, and she said it was one of the scariest looks she's ever seen. And so she says to him, she says, well, you're not going to hit me, are you? And Matt comes at her. He moves around Chris. Like, going straight towards Christine. He starts pulling her hair and beating her in the face. And Chris is just their friend who's Who's here, too. Chris left. What the fuck? He bolts out the door and leaves. Chris, what the fuck? And Christine was obviously... She's in shock. She's like, did he literally just fucking leave? Matt is sitting here beating me, and Chris just left. What the fuck? Yeah. Why did so? Okay, um, at least okay, okay. So I want to know. <laughs> Matt takes Christine and drags her to the bathroom that's right off of the kitchen. So mm-hmm. they head home. Got like the kitchen, and there's one of those bathrooms, probably yeah. the smaller one that's right off the kitchen. And he's still punching her and like beating her. He rips the toilet seat off, and he is bashing her head on the inside of the rim of the toilet. What the. F- and so she starts seeing blood in the toilet because he cracked her eyebrow. And he starts to try to dunk her head in the toilet to drown her in the toilet. And she holds the rim and she locks her arms 
so he can't push her head in because she's like, no, I am not going to fucking drown in the toilet. Like, you're not getting my head in there. You're not. And Matt leaves for just a moment. And he comes back into the bathroom holding a 12-inch knife that she had been using to prepare dinner. And um, he starts holding the knife to her throat. And it kind of keeps slipping. He's trying to go for the windpipe, like trying to cut her, and mm. it keeps slipping. And so he just kind of presses it against her, her throat, and blood starts trickling down. Mm. Fuck. So it's like slowly cutting her throat. And he then gives her this look. And she described it as as if he was looking at her like she was a, a bug that he was about to squash and kill. And he takes the knife and stabs her in the chest. Oh, shit. He leaves it there. He leaves the knife in her chest. And he runs back into the kitchen to grab another knife. What the fuck? Yeah, so he he went and grabbed another knife. This time a steak knife. Wait, what kind of... He just did it say what kind of knife he stabbed with before? Well, the first one was just what you think of as a regular kitchen knife that's, you know, 12 inches long, like a big... Like our fat green knives. Yes. Okay. One that's not serrated. It's a sharp blade. Yeah. It's a sharp blade. Um, yeah. He comes back in the bathroom with his second knife as Christine is pulling out the first knife oh. out of her chest. Oh, fuck. Okay. Matt takes the second knife and stabs it into the side of her head. Oh, fuck. He leaves the knife there sticking out of her skull. He rammed it in as hard as he could. And Christine said that she could hear it. Like this grinding sound of knife on bone. Like that's all she could describe it as because there's no other sound like that. Yeah. No, but I know what she means. Yeah. And she said... To know that there is a knife in your brain is the most terrifying experience a person could go through. Because she's still completely aware of everything. Yeah. All the while knowing there is a fucking steak knife in her head. Fuck. And Matt left it there for her to take it out. Like, he knows at this point... That, or uh, excuse me, she knows at this point that he just wants to watch her die. And all she could think about was that she needed to get the knife out of her head. Yeah. Which I will say, when I was watching the episode, I was like, no, 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 honey, leave it there. Don't Mm -hmm. fucking pull a steak knife out of your fucking head. Yeah. But I can obviously understand if you have a knife in your head, you are not thinking, oh, it's serrated. I really should leave it in. You're thinking, oh, get this out of me. Yeah. So she did. She she says it was substantially more difficult because of the bone, but she pulls the knife out of her head. And all the while, Matt is just looking at her and smiling. And it's this look of like, how are you going to get out of this one? Like, what are you going to do next? God. Um, so she gets the knife out of her head. She drops it. And he's just looking at her, watching her bleed, knowing that he damaged her. 
and he kind of just wants to see how this plays out. Like, I think he thinks she's just going to be dead any, any minute, so he's just watching her. And she started to run for her life. And it was difficult because she's bleeding. She is covered in blood from head to toe. She, well, yeah, she's bleeding from the throat, from a busted eyebrow, from a knife wound to the chest, from a knife wound to the head. Yeah, so she's bleeding everywhere. So running was not easy. She kept slipping in her blood, but she eventually makes it to the front door and out to the street. Yeah. And she sees police officers in an ambulance and paramedics. So Chris had called the police and yep. he should have stayed still. Did. He can call them and okay. She felt such relief seeing them and and knowing that they were going to save her and that Matt could not hurt her anymore. And yes, as it turns out, Chris had called the police when he fled. Um, I agree with you. I wish he would have stayed. I wish he would have tried to stop him. I'm sure he... Never imagined it would escalate to that's, as much as it did. That's fair, yeah. And what year did your did yours happen? Two thousand seven. Okay, so he could have had a phone, cell phone. He could have, um, or he could have not. I guess, yeah. Depending it was on that, we had this conversation earlier. Yeah. Uh, how that was when people. Some it people wasn't did, uncommon some for someone to have one. It wasn't uncommon for someone to not. Exactly. Exactly. So, Christine said that if the police weren't there, she knew Matt would have continued to stab her because he actually had another knife that he was holding as he was following her out of the front door. Um, But, you know, Matt didn't win. She survived because she fought for her life. And Christine ended up spending four days in the ICU and then she was sent to just kind of a regular room in the hospital and had just a series of follow-ups with the neurologist who kept telling her how lucky she was because she had been stabbed in her temporal lobe and she was able to be standing there and talking to them. Yeah. And it was an absolute miracle. Fuck. That there wasn't damage. And and just watching her on the show, you would never imagine anything like this had ever happened. There were no... Like, her speech was perfect. Like, there were no slurs, no nothing. She looked totally normal. Like, nothing. Um, Matt pleaded guilty to attempted murder and was sentenced to eight years in jail. Eight? Yeah, no, that's fucking it. Eight. People get life sentences for having marijuana. They do. And I also watched another episode where this man kidnapped someone and got 56 years with no parole. I'm like, he fucking stabbed her in the chest and the brain and The beat only her. reason that this wasn't a murder is because... She lived. Is because... Well, it's because Chris had called the police and they had gotten there then. Yes. Had, had they been a couple minutes late, had Chris just ran, this would have been a murder. So he only gets eight years because of good timing. Basically. So, his sentence was up October of 2015. As you said earlier, we can't really find information on these, so I don't know. I don't know anything else. Um, Christine did say that she later found out Matt was violent to other women as well. And she felt that her reason for survival was so he couldn't do this to anyone else. Because she knew that this is something that he would have continued to do. Yeah. 
And um, so that is Fuck. my story of Christine and her insanely heroic survival. Yeah, I, I, I just can't imagine all, all that. Like, it, the, the fucking steak knife in your brain. How terrifying. Of all the knives to yeah. stab you in your head, a fucking serrated one? Yeah, I, I, I will say I'm one of those people. I thought about this long and hard, and I know the damage can be more, but there's something about it. I think I would rather, if for some reason I had the option, I think I'd rather be shot than stabbed. Yeah. And I know a bullet could do a lot more damage than a knife, but yeah. there's something about the sharpness of it and it just slicing through versus a bullet just tearing through things all at once that I'd rather get shot. I'd rather neither. Um, you know, please don't at me stabbers and shooters, but yeah, I'm trying to think what stabbers I would pick. and shooters. That's probably a country band. Probably. <laughs> no. Um, I try to think, I feel like, God, it's hard because if I'm shot, I want it to be with, you know, one of the bullets that's not going to like explode in my body, like a pellet. Or I mean, a, is that a shotgun that does that? No, a shot. They don't explode in your body. A shotgun oh. is just like multiple pellets. Um, pellets, yeah. Okay, so, so you that's get what I'm hit thinking. with thirty mini bullets. That's what I thought. So I feel but like they it's do like, have those bullets that will explode inside you, but they're illegal in most places. They're tracer rounds, I think. Well, a lot of things are illegal and people still get them. But, so my thought is, like, if I feel like if I have to pick, I'm like, okay, am I getting stabbed? How big is the knife? But also, if I'm getting shot, is it by, like, a twenty two? So it's just, like, a simple, like, in, simple. Yeah, a simple shooting. I don't know. I feel like if it's going to be, like, a pocket knife, stab me with a pocket knife, don't shoot me. Yeah. If it's a 12-inch long knife, maybe shoot me instead of stab me with that. I, I don't know. Do neither. I don't want to talk. I I can't think about it. I can't decide. Fair. I will say, I have this recurring... Nightmare? Yes. I was going to say dream, but nightmare fits No, I could tell you were about to say dream, which is why I screamed nightmare. Um, That I'm at work. Yeah. And I've had this dream for years, and it always changes with where I work. Like, it just does. Yeah. Where there's a workplace shooting, and Jesus. I get... I hate that that's what your nightmare is. That's, I hate yeah, that. Yeah. That, and it, oh, I've had it, I think since I started an office job. Like, so it's been, what, five years? I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Um, and that I'm, that there's a, a shooter in the workplace and it's always the thing is it more or less updates when um when i get a new job so instead of you know hiding under the front desk i'm now hiding you know in the the conference room nearby right, so it like, matches whatever the surrounding is yeah because that's that's workplace. something i do think about when i'm at work I'll like you know if something were to happen where would i go you know what would i so the nightmare kind of Follows evolves. along those, yeah. 
Um, it always winds up, though, um, that for some reason, it's like in a hallway, and I've the, the shooter's there, and me too. Anyway, I get shot in the leg, and it like destroys my leg. Yeah. I wind up having to get it amputated. I have a lot of le- uh, nightmares where I, it ends with me having to get my leg amputated. Because I don't know if I've mentioned it on this one, but I have a recurring plane crash nightmare. It's very specific. Specific to enough where it bothers me. Um, the plane terrifying. goes down uh, in Nova Scotia trying to land at Halifax. Every time? Every time. So which, um, had, the first time I had this dream was before I went to London the first time. Yeah. And then I looked at our flight route. Over Nova Scotia? Right over Nova Scotia. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Of course it does. So, and yeah, but in that plane crash, I also lose my leg. Like, it's just, I really don't want to lose my leg. I like it. And it's always this one. It's always the, it's always this one. It's always the one I have the tattoo on. Yep. Always your right. Yeah. Oh, my God. But anyway, I digress. I still think I'd rather be stabbed or shot than stabbed. I really would just rather not have to make the decision. I mean, it's like asking, same. It's, it's along the same lines of like, would you rather freeze to death or burn to death? And I'm like, actually, freeze probably to freeze to death because you just fall asleep. Okay, so I guess it's not like that. <laughs> no, that's the easy one. I know. I don't know. But I think we should jump into our postmortem. I think we should. So, mine was the story of 15-year-old Sydney, who was average high school student um, in the school play. Some men broke into her home to rob her, um, sexually assaulted her, tried to kill her, shot her through the kneecap. She... After being shot in the kneecap, jumps jumps out a fucking balcony. Jumps off a fucking second floor balcony, sprints down the street, runs to a friend's grandma's house, still gets tackled by these attacker by these attackers, fights one of them off, screams, knows exactly the way to scream for help. Yeah. To get someone's attention. Because that's one thing that gets me. They always say, like, if you're in a situation where, you know, you need help and there's 50 people around you, you have to, you need to specifically point one person out and say, you call 911. So it puts Mm. personal responsibility. Because if if it's a giant group of people, everyone's going to think someone else is going to call 911. And that's just, that's how the group mentality works. It is, which is why... When you see an accident or something and there are no mm-hmm. police there, call 911. Absolutely. I have called 911 multiple times. I have too. And because the, the worst they can do is say, you know, thank you. It's right. We're, we're on it. And then you're like, cool, gotcha. Well, and that's not the worst thing. That would be like a great thing to happen. Cause, I mean, well, I mean, calling. yeah. The worst thing that could happen is they send a cop out there and there's nothing. You know, mm-hmm. like if you see something that you think could be something, fucking call. Like that is part of why yeah. we have nine one one. And think about the times when they didn't have nine one one. That is such a luxury that we have a number we can call. And oh, then I think absolutely. I think if if maybe you see something that's not necessarily life threatening, you'd call four one one. 
No, 401 is gen info. What is the one that you call? And maybe it's different for every city, but... I'm not sure. There's generally a different number that you call if it's just like, hey, I kind of see like a robbery or... You would call 911 for well, robbery. Well, you would call 911. Anyway, whatever. But if you're like, I... Again, worse... If you're like, the, my neighbor's yard has a bunch of trash in it. Obviously, don't it could call be unsafe. Number. Yeah, but there is. I don't think it's four one one, but no, it's not four one one. You're right. That's info. But it's one of those blank one ones, in at least in the United States, it is. Yeah. Um. So... But anyway, so she had the forethought to scream? specifically okay. scream for this friend's grandma. Grandma saved her, and her attackers are still out there, which is terrifying. Well, mine was the story of Christine, a victim of emotional and physical abuse and attempted murder with how escalated the abuse was. Christine, wonderful, amazing woman who had the forethought to make sure her son was safe and out of the home while she was in this relationship that she couldn't get out of. She was stabbed in the chest, stabbed in the brain, and survived. Mm. and um, just the willpower. I just can't imagine being stabbed in the head. I literally can't. No. That is something that is so excruciating to think about, excruciating to, to know happened to someone. That's... But what's terrifying, I will say, is that as as far as we know, he is out. Yeah. He's probably out. He's out, and... He only served eight years for this, and it kills me that it was only eight years. Yeah. There's so many other crimes that people do that get such extended sentences. And it's so, it's so targeted to people of color who will get 20 years for selling marijuana. I know. And it's just, it fucking kills me. Because it does, I, can see, I hate it, and I could see that there would be issues. You know, mandatory minimums are fucked up. Mandatory minimums are awful. I know, but you know, so I could see there being issues with someone being like, "Oh, well, if you do X crime, this is you know, you just you know put it into a spreadsheet and out pops a number of years right. to where it's." equal across all playing fields but there's a reason our criminal justice system isn't like that that we have these extenuating circumstances and you know there's reason and bias behind it like that's an okay thing to have in in bits and pieces yeah but it i cannot believe he only served eight years i can't either i or, you know what? No, I'm not even saying they only served because he could have gotten out on good behavior. I can't believe he was only know. sentenced eight to eight years. years. I know. All right. But, so, how are we going to decide this one? Because to me, it's a really difficult decision. I know. Because yours has someone who was stabbed in the fucking head. I know. And, he, and the attacker only served eight years. And Mine's yours. Fi- oh. Yeah, I was saying yours is a 15 year old girl who was raped, tortured, and they're still out. 
I think that I, I think I think I think mine wins. I do too because she was so young and like obviously innocent. I mean, so was Christine. Like they're all the innocent. innocent. They're all innocent. But there's a what different innocence that, that's fifteen. That's fifteen, and also that they were never caught. Yeah, they're still out there. And she's a fucking badass who jumped off a balcony with a shot fucking bullet the through the knee so i no, think she won i'll i'll take it i i'll agree that i think was an amazing survivor story and go ahead oh well, i just think that i cannot imagine that the willpower and self-determination it takes to get there because i could very easily see someone saying i'll accept it you know kill me do it and but yeah. that refusal that saying fuck you fuck your plans fuck your fucking robbery i'm Ain't gonna, gonna live. i'm not gonna die yeah so you definitely win this one and i love the idea of bringing back the survivor card Me when too. we when, need when, a little bit of when it gets too much i love being able to pull the survivor card yep so because, we'll be doing that. I don't think every time it'll be episodes of I Survived. I think this was a great. No, this was a starter kind of. Because there are so many stories you read of these insane, you know, a bitch was walking by and her organs fell out and she survived. And I'm like, I, I don't. She's just walking by, her organs fall out. <laughs> Crazy. You know, at the bus stop. <gasps> Speaking of the bus, this is so off topic, but I, I, I have to tell you. Okay. I was on the bus. Yeah. Went home from work yesterday. And someone cut off someone's head and hung it out the window? No. Not, okay. not yet. Okay. Um, and I'm in the first row that's facing forward. Because you know the front of the bus, the seats, like, are along the side and right. face inward. So I'm in the first row back that faces forward. And this guy's in front of me. And when I first sit down, I think he's kind of cute. And then I smell him. And I'm like, oh, Fuck, you haven't showered in a million years. Yeah. And he's, you know, I'm facing forward, and he's in front of me, facing to the side. Right. So I'm, like, full view, not staring, but, like... He's right in front of me. Yeah. And... And I'm sitting there just, like... Kind of vaguely paying attention because he was giving me bad vibes. Yeah. Like, I was not feeling it. He, the, this woman was sitting next to him in the seat. Like, there was a seat in between them that was empty and she was, and she was very much pushed up to the end. Yeah. And, uh, so I was like, had my headphones in, but no music playing kind of thing. Yep. Like, yep. just paying attention. Yeah. Um, and he didn't, he seemed like he was creeping everyone out just being creepy being twitchy being like weird but not necessarily like doing anything like making any moves to do anything yeah and he got off the bus um first off before he got off the bus he was like spitting on the bus ew because he a couple times like lifted up his shirt over his nose to blow his nose and i was like that's kind of gross but you know at least that's what you're doing. Oh I could see if I didn't have tissues or anything, I could do the same thing. Okay. But then you just like spit onto 
what would have dripped down onto my foot if I did not move my feet. Like the, the little metal, um, little mini wall that's in between the seat and the those seats. Yeah. Yeah, he just spitting onto that. And I'm like, oh, fuck no. So I like pulled my feet under my chair. Anyway, he got off and I just took out my headphones. She and I exchanged looks. The two people that were on the other side that also faced him were just exchanged looks. And we were all just like, what the fuck was that? Oh my gosh, um, that guy. Nasty. Yeah, but thankfully everyone was like, that was super creepy. I'm glad he got off before any of us did. I'm glad too. Um, but yeah, anyway, I don't know how that was related. Just um, a creepy story about something you experienced. It's related. You know, I think it had to do with the bus. I think I mentioned the bus. And Anyway, um, I think we've been chit-chatting long enough. I will accept the win. Yes, so you win. Um, be sure to like us and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're yes. out there. Um, Make sure to-, to leave us a review if you enjoyed what you listened to. Yep. Um, if you hated it. You don't, you don't have to leave a review. But I if wouldn't. you want to, go for it, because... I want that five stars, but, you know... We're at five stars, we're getting reviews, and it's so sweet to read the things that y'all are saying. It is. It's... It's amazing. I think I mentioned one of them in the last episode that I just loved, but we... I don't know, we appreciate it so much, and yeah. it, it means the world, and I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing what y'all think. Um, of everything. So, you know, again, reach out to us on, on, uh, Twitter. We have a Facebook now. Yep. Uh, reach out to us on Instagram. Email us at bloodandwinepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And our Instagram slash Twitter name is bloodandwinepod. Yeah. So find us on there. But yeah. So. All right. Well, XOXO. XOXO, Bloodwine signing off. All right. Bye, you guys. See ya. Bye.